Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on these domestic church media stations and all of our platforms. Hey, we're back on YouTube, and I have no idea what happened or if it's even going to stay on. I don't know. I sent St. Michael over there and told him the take care of business for me, but we're, we're back on the live stream, so that's great. So you can watch the program on our YouTube channel, DCMTV. That's youtube.com slash domestic church media. Also streaming live video on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash domestic church media, and also streaming live video on our homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. All of our domestic church media audio platforms are for radio stations and our streaming audio that we have off of our website. And my goodness, my friends, you got to get that free mobile app that we offer free. You can listen live. You can watch live on your phone, on your tablet. You can watch archived video. You can listen to archive audio, as well as so much more on that free mobile app. You go to your app store and search for Domestic Church Media and download our free mobile app because you'll be happy you did. And uh, if you have the uh, those home speaker devices, the Amazon Echo or Google Home, all you have to say is play domestic church media 24-7, anytime, day or night, and you can get us as well. So with all this technology, getting the word out. And again, another great thing, if you were with us at three, during the 3 o'clock hour, we were able to connect with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops and pray with Catholics around the country at the same time, simultaneously praying the beautiful prayer of the rosary on this beautiful feast of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. And uh, a lot of power there. And as I, if you were there, and I asked you please to remember our dear young friend Maria Middleton, uh, there were friends gathered outside her hospital room at 3 o'clock praying the rosary as well for her and for God's will to be done. And, and as we shared with you, um, well, I shared with you on Monday, I guess. Uh, yesterday, I didn't, I did not, had not received the update yet. But um, on Monday, um, the doctors determined or said that there was no brain function; that all of Maria's brain function appeared to have stopped. And then yesterday, because I did pre-record the program, but yesterday um, afternoon. I did receive a text from Brian Middleton, her dad, and, and, and he and his lovely wife, Susan, who sit on the board of directors here at Domestic Church Media, texted me and said that today there would be this rosary parade at 3 o'clock, which was an hour ago, um, because they were getting pressure from the hospital to disconnect Maria from the ventilator. Uh, the hospital wanted to declare her brain dead and move her out 
and uh, they did meet with the hospital administrators and declared their faith, Brian said. It's praying for the miracle. So that's the last update I have, and I, I do believe that the rosary was prayed at 3 o'clock outside the hospital. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that on this beautiful feast day of the Holy Rosary. We're going to talk about that. And Holy Father talked about that this morning at his general audience. I want to share those words with you. And then the story of Lepanto um, and shows the power of this prayer. You know, we prayed at 3 o'clock in union with the bishops of the United States and all the faithful who were tuned in in whatever way they were. You know, of course, it was on YouTube. It was on Facebook. We were broadcasting it on all of our platforms here but it was all over. Just think of all those prayers being prayed and raised up. And, and as I said, I've been saying, I really feel, and I don't know in what way, but I, I, I really feel that we're going to see a manifestation of divine intervention for our country through the intercession of Mary under the title of the Immaculate Conception as patroness of this country. I think it's all going to come forward and be manifested in some way that will just befuddle people, perplex people, but the people of faith will say, we knew that was going to happen, so <laughs> because of the faith we have. And I don't know what way or how. I know we're in, right now our country is in such turmoil in so many areas. So let's first pray. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here. Let's first pray and then we'll take it from there and see where, where the Holy Spirit leads me. Because, as I said, I, I, I'm, we're on YouTube again. I don't know how, <laughs> but it worked. I was playing around with it earlier today, and uh, I don't know what I normally did. Ah, hey, why bother? We're on, so that's good news. Which means we're going around the world, which is great. And, uh, but let's pray this prayer for the United States of America. And we'll pray our other prayers that we pray at the top of the hour. We begin, my friends, now as remembering again Maria Middleton in our prayers here uh, for God's will to be done. God's ways are not always our, not our ways, you know, and we know that God has a plan. And so we just pray that we can work with that plan and, and move forward with that plan and make that our plans compliant with his also, if you would, keep our, Cheryl and I, our son and daughter-in-law and uh, our two little grandchildren, Charlotte and Jack, as they await the birth of grandchild number, Manfredonia grandchild number three. He's a boy. I don't know his name yet, but he was due Monday. And I said to Cheryl, he's probably saying, hey, look, I've seen what kind of year that is out there. I, I'm staying right where I am. I don't want to go out, out there yet. But anyway, we're praying for a, a, a safe and healthy birth and, and uh, just, you know, of course, as grandparents, you know, you're, just, you're on edge waiting. So we're waiting. So pray with us on that one as well as all of your intentions, my friends. And also remember the apostolate. I've been sharing with you the, the need that we have financially right now because of our lack of funds due to our not having the Radiothon um, that we would just receive what we need. God always takes care of us. I know that. But sometimes he, as Father, dear Father Groeschel used to tell me, the Lord will always take you right to the edge. <laughs> and he does. So I'm at that edge right now. So let's pray for sustenance. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, 
In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of our country. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners, on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And our Holy Father, as you know, asked us to pray uh, these two prayers specifically uh, to protect our church from the attacks of the devil. And also we've added the intention to protect the United States of America from the attacks of the devil. Holy Father asked us over two years ago to pray these prayers daily, daily, every day. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. And today, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my brothers and sisters, I thank you so much for praying together with uh, me and all of our family gathered here. And uh, again, if you're tuning, just tuning in live, uh, we're back live now on our YouTube channel, DCMTV. We're calling it DCMTV. And we're hoping to expand that in the future as we grow and using all the means of technology that the Lord is allowing us to have access to, to get that word out there, to evangelize. That's why we exist. That's why domestic church media is here, to evangelize. That's why the church exists, to evangelize, to allow people in whatever way we can to encounter Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why I've been doing this for 25 years. Can you believe that? 25 years, November uh, I, I don't know. I could I, I could find the exact date. I don't have it on the top of my head here, but the exact date of November of 1995, when I first sat behind a microphone and did uh, Catholic radio. Of course, I did study radio at uh, Seton Hall back in the mid 70s, uh, but it was um, different, little different kind of radio. I wasn't doing religious radio, uh, but uh, the Lord led me here, and for 25 years have been doing whatever I can by God's grace, certainly through no merit of my own, but by God's grace to be able to 
uh, continue to do what I do, and I'm hoping be able to do it for a, a long time to come, God willing, as I'm willing. <laughs> if God is willing, I'm willing. Uh, and uh, I think back on all that we, we've gone through, you know, all the, and I know people have said I should start, I, I do need to write it down because there's a lot. And not for my sake, but for the sake of people seeing what God can do. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. The fact that we're even here, the fact that we're on the air, the fact that we have a studio, the fact that we have four radio stations, the fact that we can reach millions of people every day around the world using all these technologies that are available to us. And the whole purpose is to, again, give people a place to come, to listen and watch and hear about, and as Mother said, Jesus, and to know that Jesus loves you. That's the essence of evangelization, Mother would say. To know that Jesus loves you and all that we're going through right now. And oh, my goodness. You know, Cheryl and I, in the morning we sit and we have breakfast, and it's always like deja vu all over again, right? The, the routines that we're in, especially in the during the pandemic days. And we literally have seen our grandchildren, our two little beautiful little grandchildren, and soon to be three. Uh, we've seen our two grandchildren, Charlotte and Jack, twice since March. Uh, and it's been, of course, at a distance, uh, socially distanced. And, and we understand, you know, our daughter-in-law is, is pregnant, and she certainly didn't want to take any chances, and we respect that and honor that and understand that. But it's been tough, and I know for many of you it's been tough. You know, we, nobody really is visiting as much as they used to. Everybody's routine is, is all askew, and, and, uh, but we're seeing also in our country politically a lot of eruption of turmoil now, and I think we're going to see more and more of it um, through latest, the latest news reports and developments that are out there. Uh, something's happening, and as I said, I, I do believe that we're going to see a manifestation of God's love through, through divine intervention for this country and the people of this country, the faithful people of this country. I do believe that. You know, we think back on where we were, you know, as a, myself being a child of the 60s. My most formative years were in the 60s. You know, I, I was, uh, I can always tell what grade I was in by the year. For instance, in, in 1961, I was in first grade. 62, I was in second grade. So I, I go through, right through that. And by uh, the end of 1969, I was entering ninth grade. Um, and so I lived through all of that, and many of you lived through all of that, too, in the 1960s and saw kind of the world turn topsy-turvy. Society changed so dramatically in so many ways, yet there was still that sense of security in growing up, you know, in the neighborhoods that we lived in and uh, the neighbors, you know, they were all our parents and our, our the people who lived in our neighborhoods were our parents' age or maybe our grandparents' age. And they came from different generations, generations of, of, of where there was more emphasis on Judeo-Christian principles upon which the country was founded and, and, a, and a true sense of, of, of sincerity, honesty, ethics, uh, truth, you know, not perfect. There were, you know, I, I tell the story, you know, in 1960, they were building Route 80 right through our front yard, basically, up in Bergen County. 
And we used to go out every day and play in my, my front yard uh, because literally right up to our house, uh, the street in front of our house, and Rudy Eddie goes right through it right now, that my house is still there, the house we lived in. But we, and I say we, my little friends and I, five years old, five, six years old, would be sitting out in the front yard playing with our Tonka trucks, uh, pretending we were like the trucks that were right across the street building Route 80. And, but in the course of that, as they prepared to build the superhighway through our little town there in Bergen County, they were, the, the government was buying houses so they can tear them down and put the highway through. But when they bought the houses for a year or so, the houses were vacant. And, um, you know, I talk about the how, how beautiful it was in, in those days and, and sincerity, integrity, and honesty. But I got to tell you, uh, there was a situation that we had in our neighborhood when I was a little boy, and, and four or five of us were playing outside. And, and as I said, the, our house was the last house standing. They didn't buy our house. My father was mad. <laughs> but the other houses were all vacant. And we're playing, and here comes this gentleman walking uh, right up to us. And I'll never forget his face. He had very pointed features. He was a thin man, tall man. And he l- leaned down. We were all playing outside. These are the days where the parents would let the kids go outside and play and without supervision, adult supervision. And the man came over. And i never forget, he opened his hand. And in his hand was a, a handful of, I guess, quarters, money, you know, shiny quarters. And he showed it to all of us. And he said, I'll give any one of you all these coins, all this money, if you'll come into one of those houses with me. This is a true story. I was probably five, six years old. And only one little boy who was among our group, there were maybe four or five of us, went with him. And the man took him by the hand and went into this, up the street, he was going to go into one of these vacant houses, and I ran inside and told my mother. And my mother, without batting an eye, got on the phone and called the Bogota, New Jersey Police Department, and they were there within minutes and uh, probably saved that boy's life because the, the, the man was about to um, molest him. Uh, that was 1960. But I'll never forget that man's face, the look on his just pointed features and just, uh, just looked strange. So it wasn't all good and plenty then in those days. There was, there was evil. But it's gotten so much worse these days. You know, and, and we're, we're losing, not we, because I know I'm singing to the choir here, but so much of our society is losing its touch with God. They talk about spirituality and spiritual and, you know, uh, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. And they're worshiping trees, trees and bushes and things and all kinds of stuff. They're not, they're not really worshiping the one true God. They create their own gods. But we need so much, my friends, as, as true disciples of Jesus Christ to be able to go out into the world and proclaim that gospel, the gospel that saves, the gospel that will see us through all of this into an eternal paradise with the Lord. And that's our responsibility. That's our job. That's what we do here. Uh, so I thank all of you who continue to support us, but I do put the call out there. We do need you. We need you uh, very much right now to help us get over this hump. You know, we're going to have our Radiothon before the year's out. I'm, I'm holding off on making the official announcement until I get together with our radio team, our Radiothon team 
to just finalize it. I don't want to be make the decision without letting them know first. I want to, to, to we have a wonderful core team that we uh, get together by phone and discuss it, and then make that announcement and really work toward that radiothon because we do seriously need your help. Um, I'll talk a little bit more about that after the break, but let, let's do this. Let's go to Holy Father today, Pope Francis, in his general audience. You know, of course, today is the Feast of the Holy Rosary, and Holy Father invited us to, when he said, rediscover the beauty of the rosary prayer this month, and he encouraged people to carry a rosary with them in their pockets. He said, today, these are the words of Pope Francis, today is the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. I invite everyone to rediscover especially during this month of October, the beauty of the prayer of the rosary, which has nourished the faith of the Christian people throughout the centuries. He said, I invite you to pray the rosary and to carry it in your hands or in your pockets. The recitation of the rosary is the most beautiful prayer we can offer to the Virgin Mary, Pope Francis said. It's a contemplation on the stages of the life of Jesus, the Savior, with his mother Mary. And he said this, listen, The rosary is a weapon that protects us from evils and temptations. Can you imagine if we could see, if we could, if you were, again, at 3 o'clock, we broadcast it here. It was broadcast and covered in in all forms of media around the country at the same time, 3 o'clock our time, but noon on the West Coast and uh, uh, 2 o'clock Central Time, uh, uh, 1 o'clock Mountain Time. At the same time, Millions and millions of people praying the rosary for our nation. If we think that that is not going to have any effect, we don't understand the power of this prayer. (laughs) I would not be surprised now, my brothers and sisters, if we start seeing some, as I said, I I believe we're going to see a a, a true loving manifestation. And I said that loving, God's love manifested through divine intervention for our country in the next number of weeks in a way that will be um, extraordinary. I don't know what that's going to be, how it's going to be, but I believe beginning today, because, you know, a lot of those uh, rosary novenas ended today. We prayed the rosary at 3 o'clock our time with millions of souls around the country. People continue to pray them, uh, pray their rosaries. Uh, we're going to see some extraordinary manifestation of God's love, I believe. And I think we're starting to see the undercurrent of it right now. But that's what Holy Father is saying, that if we pray the rosary, the rosary is a weapon that protects us from evils and temptations. He said that uh, the Blessed Mother has urged the recitation of the rosary in in, in many of her apparitions, especially in the face of threats looming over the world. Pope Francis said even today, In this time of pandemic, it is necessary to hold the rosary in our hands, praying for us, for our loved ones, and for all people. And I know when when we had the opportunity uh, back in 2014, you know, Cheryl and I were in Italy on one of our uh, domestic church media pilgrimages, and we had received the the blessing of being able to sit up uh, where the Holy Father from where the Holy Father speaks uh, on the steps uh, of uh, Saint Peter's in Rome for one of his general audiences. And as he came by and he 
we we had our hands joined and we held them out as the Holy Father walked by and I yelled, Papa, please bless our marriage. And he came back and he put his hand on our hands and we were given rosaries. He was giving us rosaries. And we still, I still have our, of course, I still have it right here in our chapel. Um, but the power of that prayer, and the Holy Father encourages and urges people of faith to pray because it does protect us in so many ways from temptations, from evil. But also, as we'll talk about after our, our break, we'll see the power of it uh, and the, the Battle of Lepanto. Those of you who are familiar with it know the story, and I'll share some of that story with you, and the power of the prayer and what can be accomplished through that. You know, many people will say it's just a recitation, a repetition of prayers on beads, but it isn't. As, as we know, the rosary is really praying the gospel because we're, we're meditating on the mysteries, all accounts of our Lord's life, and meditating on the gospel as we pray. Uh, and most of that prayer is from Scripture, from the words of St. Gabriel. And, and uh, uh, So we know that there's enormous power in the prayer of the rosary. And as the Holy Father encouraged today, to, pr- to carry it, to pray it, to hold it in our hands, and use it as a weapon, especially even during these times of pandemic. You know, what is this virus? No virus is stronger or greater than God. So we know that this virus can be defeated by God himself. We believe that. It's not being naive. It's not being uh, taking it lightly. It's saying we understand the danger of this virus because it has killed uh, thousands of people and made many people very sick. We also know that the survival rate is, is enormous. You know, 99.97% of people between the ages of... Uh, birth, and I think 17 or 18 have died, have survived it, 99.97%. So obviously it's survivable, but still to be taken very seriously and and following the guidelines and the socially distancing and the mask wearing, we all understand that. But we know even given all that, it's not greater than Almighty God. And that the power of our prayer, would we be surprised that all of a sudden the virus vanished. Would we be surprised if all of a sudden, gee, people couldn't understand why the virus has mutated and it's harmless? Is that going to happen? I don't know. But our prayers certainly can uh, ask the Lord for that. Our prayers can ask the Lord for this country to be set back on track in a direction that is based on the Judeo-Christian principles upon which it was founded, that all uh, men are created equal, and given by the Creator the unalienable rights of a life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that we have these beautiful, basic freedoms in this country uh, that we live by and have lived by, that men and women have died for to this day. You know, we found, uh, not found, but we have, our dad uh, was in the Second World War. In fact, the day was the day he was buried back in 2013, so this is the anniversary of his Massive resurrection. Um, but he would write letters. He was in the Navy right out of college, and he was 22, 23 years old, commanding a landing craft in, in, in the uh, both European and, and Pacific, uh, Atlantic and Pacific theaters. Um, but he would write letters back to my mom, uh, and they weren't really officially dating. 
but he would tell these stories about life in the Navy during the Second World War. And you wonder if today's 22, 23-year-olds could have handled that. (laughs) Because it's hard to imagine that age, but they grew up fast, didn't they? Defending this country. Now, I'll tell you, I remember one Fourth of July, I was little, we went to, I think it was called Veterans Park in Teaneck, New Jersey, for the Fourth of July. They had some type of celebration in the, in the little, the little uh, school stadium there they had, and, and there was a parade of, of soldiers carrying the flag, and as the flag came by, my father and my friend's father was also in the Navy during the war. They both stood up as the flag came by. And I, I asked my father, why are you standing? And he said, well, it's the flag. We have to stand for the flag. The flag that they fought for and, and, and so many of their uh, fellow soldiers died for, that we've lost that sense in many ways. Because this country offers freedoms like no other country and opportunities. And we are called, if we can combine, and we should combine our, our, our uh, citizenship in this country and our ultimate citizenship in heaven, our faith, and our country together to understand that all men and women are brothers and sisters in the Lord and that we are all created equal in, in, in God's eyes and we all deserve these very basic freedoms and human rights and respect for each other. comes down to what the Holy Father was talking about in his newest encyclical, Fratelli Tutti, all brothers. Basically, it's all about love. As Jesus instructed us to love one and other as I have loved you. And if we can start to live that way again and understand this is a, com- a commandment from God, from Jesus Christ himself, to love one and other as I have loved you. It's not an option. It's, it's, it's an obligation that we have in our discipleship, in our humanity, to love. So when we come back from break, my friends, we're going to go and talk about uh, the Battle of Lepanto, the importance of the rosary in that great battle. And uh, so you stay where you are. There's more to come. I'll be right back. America, what have you done for your marriage today? It's a good question. I gave a huge hug this morning. We've actually organized a date night tonight. I took the baby while she worked. Um, I sent my husband a love email. I have carried my wife's purse. I shopped. We talked. I made my wife laugh. She's still laughing. <laughs> what have you done for your marriage today? Do something a little special. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Communication Campaign. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. 
It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. This universe of ours is a free universe. It is a universe of character-making, of soul-making. Almighty God is placed into our hands. Think of it, the power to make ourselves saints or devils. It is up to us. There are some laws that we cannot disobey. For example, the law of gravitation and certain biological laws like circulation of blood. But in a moral universe, we are free either to obey the laws of God or to disobey them, just as we are perfectly free, for example, to obey the laws of health or to disobey them. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Jim. And we invite you to join us every Friday at 4 p.m. for Friday Live. Two hours of talk, music, interesting, and informative interviews. We'll also have a reflection on Sunday's Gospel, Jim Hoffman's weekend weather forecast, and you'll have a chance to call in and play one of our fun game shows like Saint of the Day or Name That Catholic Tune. It all happens right here Friday at 4 p.m. That's Friday Live, proclaiming the joy of the gospel, communicating hope, on these domestic church media stations. From Doylestown to Dayton, Chalfont to Cherry Hill. Matawan to Manalapan. From Lakewood to Long Branch. Asbury Park to Adelphia. Morrisville to Marlboro. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Welcome back, my friends. Happy to have you here on this beautiful October 7th, 2020, the Feast of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. And I uh, hope you're praying it. If you uh, didn't have a chance yet, we had many opportunities here today, didn't we? To pray it at uh, 5.30 this morning, uh, pray it again at uh, 9.30, then we had it on at 3 o'clock, and 3.30, back-to-back rosary. That was a doubleheader right there. That was great. Uh, and then, of course, tonight at 9.30 again. Um, one of the you know, I remember when we first began, uh, we first opened our little station, our first little station, way, way over in Shrewsbury, New Jersey, a little 10-watt. It was actually on the frequency of 89.3, which, of course, now is a 
15,000 powerhouse, but it was only 10 watts when we first began leasing that station. And I was thinking, because the park rear was right there, I was thinking, think about all the people driving uh, who might hear the rosary at 9.30 in the morning uh, or whenever we had it on at the time, praying at one time. And I think now, you know, we cover such a wide area, thanks be to God, with our uh, terrestrial radio stations. I understand that our Cape May station bounces across the Delaware Bay, even over into Lewes, Delaware, and little parts of Delaware over there. Of course, we cover that part of the state. Our Hamilton station uh, in uh, Atlantic County uh, covers a good part over a good part of the state in that part area. Of course, twelve sixty a.m. Well, let me go. Let me start with go over to eighty nine three our FM over in Ocean and Monmouth counties. But you know, twelve sixty, which is our flagship station, and that's where we broadcast from here every day in Ewing, New Jersey. Um, uh, we've talked a lot about it over the summer when we had that. Uh, Directo storm come through and uh, destroy our 30-year-old transmitter. And thanks be to God, through insurance, most of that was uh, covered, and we did order a new transmitter. It's uh, supposed to be shipped, because they had to, had to build it, build it to specifications, I guess. Uh, it's being shipped to our location here uh, at the end of this month, and then we're hoping to have it up and running by the first or second week in November. Uh, brand new transmitter, you know, state-of-the-art, and um, when that is fired up, uh, you're going to hear 1260 in places you've probably never heard it before <laughs> because uh, legally, it'll be legal, but, you know, the, the, where our station, our, what they call our footprint, goes up all the way up uh, the, the fringes, the, the outlying areas up into even Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, but uh, because of the new equipment and the way it's going to be configured, uh, we will really solidify even those areas, uh, South Jersey, into deep into Burlington County, and uh, south into, into northeast Philadelphia. Um, so we thank God for that. So all of these ways now, could you imagine with these four stations and all of the other audio platforms that we use, that when we have the rosary on four times a day, or we have the mass on twice a day, or we have uh, the chaplet on at three o'clock in the afternoon, that Literally, millions of people can be praying these prayers at the same time. And just think of the power we have, the power God has given us through this work to be able to storm heaven, really, really, really. I mean, I think it's so important now, and maybe the older I get and the closer to the exit ramp I get, as Father Groeschel would say, uh, the more I see the importance of all of this. Again, it's, it's not about me, but it's a, it's a mission that God placed on my heart many, many, many years ago to do everything possible, even to the point of people, you know, when I first started all this, and I was comfortable in my, in my uh, Fortune 500 position uh, with FedEx, you know, middle, middle management being room for upper management, you know. In fact, I, I just did a quick check on, on Facebook. The gentleman who was my senior manager when I worked at FedEx, and he wasn't that much older than me, a couple of years only. Uh, but I see now he's retired. He looks very comfortable <laughs> in his retirement. He worked hard. FedEx was a, you know, a good company to work for. I, I won't doubt that at all. I, I'll, I'll openly admit that. So I could have been in that. But you know what? This is more important because I'll never be able to retire here. <laughs> we don't have any 401K here. Uh, I, I don't have any retirement savings here. Just, we just got to keep going, which is good. 
keeps us on our toes, keeps me moving forward, keeps me, uh, you know, always praying for the next, the next project, the things we have to get done, things to do. And I tell you, I've been blessed with so many people in the course of my work here. I've said it over and over again, but so many people, some who have come and gone, some are still with us, uh, like Brian and Susan Middleton, God bless them in their, in their own trials right now, but who in the very beginning of this vision back in 2003 donated the seed money to get us going. You know, or not for that, we may not even be here today. Uh, but how important it is for us to be doing this, this work. It's just so important. And there's so much more work to do. You know, and if things keep going the way they're going, uh, who knows wh- what's going to happen, you know, to apostolates such as this. Like, I, I'm still curious as to why yesterday YouTube was blocking our stream. You know, you can't stream. You're blocked. And I checked. There was nothing on our, on our, on our um, account that indicated we had done or said anything wrong, but they just decided to block. And as I was searching to find out fixes to this thing, I saw a few other people saying the same thing is happening to us, same thing happened to us. And, you know, they were all churches. They were all churches. So are they doing these, um, uh, what do they call those things, algorithms, the word church, and all of a sudden the streams get blocked somehow? I don't know. Look what's happening in New York where the governor uh, threatened the, the Jewish community to shut down the synagogues. I mean, this is, this is scary stuff. So, but we're not afraid. You know, Jesus said, don't be afraid. We know that God is in control, God is in charge, and nothing can overcome Almighty God. And we are in line with, with what the Lord asks us to do. Uh, he will walk with us through the whole way. And, and I say that here for us, too. So, again, I'll make one more quick pitch before we go on to Lepanto. We do need you, my friends. We didn't have our Radiothon. It really put us in a hole throughout the summer and now into the fall until we have our next Radiothon. So please, if you haven't uh, sent a check in or made a donation, please do, because we can't do this without you. That's the only way we get support. We don't sell commercial time. We don't get donations from dioceses. You know, we, we, we wait. We count on you, our family of listeners and viewers. So please support us. All right, let's go to uh, Lepanto. At the time when the Battle of Lepanto was fought, the Ottoman Empire had not lost a major battle since the previous century. Saint, I'm sorry, Pope St. Pius V realized that the Holy League needed great spiritual assistance, so he asked the Holy League, as well as all the faithful, to pray the rosary, asking Our Lady's intercession for a victory in the upcoming battle. The evening before the famous battle, the sailors prayed the rosary on their knees. And on October 7, 1571, the uh, Christian fleet went into battle carrying a banner blessed by the Holy Father. Some evidence suggests they carried a painting uh, sent to the, King of, uh, to the King of Spain from Mexico depicting the miracle image known as Our Lady of Guadalupe. The Holy League encountered the Ottoman warships deployed in the shape of a crescent, the symbol of Islam. The Holy League sh- ships took the shape of a cross. Between the two forces, there were more than 400 warships, making this one of the largest naval battles in history. And after five hours of battle, the Holy League won. And the Holy League was a coalition of Catholic uh, maritime states promoted by Pope St. Pius V. They fought against the Ottomans and Islamic Empire centered in Istanbul. 
The Turks were trying to extend their influence beyond the South uh, East Europe. A Turkish victory might have permitted the expansion of Islam deep into Europe. But just think about it. The night before, all the sailors got on their knees and prayed the rosary. And I remember, you know, my friends, and you may remember this too. I've talked about this, but it's still, it, it's it, one of those things that is just impressed in your mind, you know. Uh, during the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was right, right around this time, wasn't it, in, in 1962, when Russia began deploying missiles in Cuba. And President Kennedy was made aware of it. And uh, we literally were on, for those 10 days, on the verge of nuclear conflict, nuclear war that would have destroyed the world. And there, too, I remember, of course, I, I had gone to Catholic grammar school we were always praying in school, but I remember the families were being urged to pray, and, and I remember vividly, my mother and father, at the time there were four of us, my mother was pregnant with uh, my youngest sister who was due in December, but my uh, two sisters and brother and I, my mom and dad had us, and literally we got on our knees and we prayed the rosary during those 10 days because there was an enormous threat there too. You know, we can talk about Lepanto, and although there wasn't a battle, but there was certainly a major threat of worldwide destruction in, in, during those 10 days in October 1962. And there, too, I believe the power of the rosary, because the, the people of the U.S. were in, Catholics of the U.S. were encouraged to pray, um, just like this battle of Lepanto. And had, in this case, had the, the uh, Turkish vic- Tur- Turks won that victory. And instead of the uh, uh, Holy League, the uh, Christian maritime states, uh, Islam could have overtaken Europe. And who knows then what would have happened. But you see the power of that prayer. Now, I'm reading this article asking, it says, what was the significance of the Battle of Lepanto? Due to the Holy League's defeat of the uh, Ottoman Empire in the Battle of Lepanto, the Turks did not advance into Europe. Many historians have said this was one of the most significant battles in history. And again, we as Catholics know the power of that, what Padre Pio called his weapon, the power of the rosary. Against evil, as Holy Father said in his uh, teaching this morning, in his general audience, it, it protects us from, from evil, it, it protects us from, from temptations. And uh, today, we celebrate this beautiful feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, and Pope St. Pius V knew that Our Lady had interceded for the Holy League, ensuring their victory. In fact, the day of the Battle of Lepanto, October 7th, 1571, he saw the Blessed Mother in a vision, Pope Pius, St. Pope Pius V, and she revealed the victory to him. And here today, too, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, this morning at his general audience, encouraging the pray, the, the rosary. In fact, I was uh, on our break there, I was looking, just checking news headlines and um, going through my, my sources, my news sources here. I mean, I'm just pulling it up real quick on my phone if it will pop up here. Um, I, have, I have a Fox News app that I read, and one of the headline stories on the Fox News channel was that the Pope encouraged praying the rosary. I pulled up the wrong app there. 
Um, you know, it gives in other other headlines about tonight's uh, vice presidential debate, uh, a few other stories, things going on. But one of the headlines on this app, which is considered a major news story, was Pope Francis calls on Catholics to pray the rosary amid pandemic and other looming threats. So we're, we're remembering today uh, St. Pope Pius V calling Catholics uh, and the sailors and the soldiers to get on your knees and pray the rosary for victory at Lepanto in 1571 to defeat that evil. I just shared with you, you know, a more contemporary story of 1962 during the Cuban Missile Crisis where, and I believe, I don't know, I probably can look it up and find it somewhere, but I know, I'm sure the bishops of our country encouraged Catholics to pray the rosary. And I remember being there in our living room with my family, even as a a young seven or eight-year-old, praying the rosary on our knees to avoid nuclear conflict with Russia. And here today, Holy Father, it was a headline in, in one of the major news sources. Pope encourages Catholics to pray the rosary for looming threats and the pandemic. So you see the power of this prayer and the urgency of praying it, especially in these types of times. Um, And then after our Blessed Mother appeared to Pope St. Pope Pius V, uh, revealing the victory that would come as an offering of thanksgiving, the Holy Father declared this day, October 7th, as the feast day of Our Lady of Victory, later known as Our Lady of the Rosary. Um, and we know that, I'm sure personally, how many of you listening or watching at these types of times in your life had nowhere else to go but to the Rosary? Now, I remember many, many years ago where um, my mother, I was in college, I think, and my mother's aunt was in a nursing home, Aunt Ange, Angelina, Aunt Angelina, Zia Angelina. Um, and she was in a nursing facility in the Bronx. And we lived in central Jersey, and I had a day off from school. My mom said, would you drive? My mom didn't drive, or she did, but she wouldn't drive on highways. Would you drive me up to the Bronx and we can see Aunt Ange? I said, sure. Took her right up to the Bronx and went to this nursing home in, in, in the, that borough. And we found out her room. We went up to that, uh, to the hallway and got to her room. Her door was opened. And my little aunt, aunt, I say little because that side of my mother's side of the family, they all seemed to shrink as they got older. <laughs> a teeny, a petite woman in her nightgown sitting at the window of the room. And she was praying the rosary. And my mom stopped me from going, wait, wait, look, she's praying the rosary. And she would, the image of, I still have that image in my, in my mind of, of Aunt Anne. She probably passed away shortly after that, but sitting in that chair all by herself in her nightgown, looking out and praying the rosary. How many of you listening, watching, how many can tell stories like that of your parents, your grandparents, yourself? Whether it be in times of true trial and, and need or just times of thanksgiving and just times of making it a part of your daily prayer routine to pray the rosary. Pray the rosary for peace in the world, peace in the family. 
to pray the rosary for all those special needs that we may have, you know, and, and to, to really enter into the praying of that rosary, meditating on the mysteries, you know, not just rattling off the prayers, but entering and meditating on the mysteries of each decade and seeing the power of it. That's why I think today, you know, if you were with us at 3 o'clock, we were able to broadcast the uh, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops uh, rosary that was prayed and on all, uh, so many, social media media outlets, EWTN carried it, and all the social media, we were here it on our stations. All. Think about that. Think about how many people at that 3 o'clock hour, the hour of mercy, coming together in prayer, praying the rosary for America, just like the people and the sailors praying the rosary before the Battle of Lepanto, just like the people uh, in 1962, those 10 days in October, praying the rosary to avoid nuclear conflict. Are you in your own life, in whatever situation you may have had where you had nowhere else to go to but the praying of the rosary? And, and see the manifestation the, 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 of, of that prayer and, and the results and the fruits of that prayer. Now's the time, you know, my friends. Now is the time. People may, you know, get very much involved in, in the political uh, scene and the politics of the current situation. But tomorrow we'll do, we'll continue talking about the forming of conscience and forming a good Catholic conscience and faithful citizenship here, and the bishops put out documents on that. I want to share some of that with you tomorrow. So that we do make the right decision. And I say right in, according, in accordance with God's will. Whatever God's will is for this country, that we make the decision that's compliant with that. God's not a Democrat or a Republican. God has no political party affiliation, obviously. But we know somebody's going to lead this country, and we want that leader to be an individual who is, as much as possible, making his or her, if that be the case eventually, a will compliant with God's will. That the people who are put in those positions in government are people of, of, of true uh, integrity and honesty and truth and faith, especially faith who have a great devotion and love for their faith and their belief in Almighty God. And that's, what we, that's really what we want to vote for. We want to vote for that. Uh, you know, again, God's not affiliated with any political party, and he's not wearing campaign buttons, so to speak. But uh, given choices, you want to choose the better or the best, whatever the case may be person to be leading this country that will lead it in compliance with God's will. So that comes with, again, forming a good Catholic conscience. Not not good political conscience, but a good Catholic conscience, a well-informed Catholic conscience, knowing right from wrong, good from evil, and that we can base then, whether it be the pulling of a, of a uh, polling lever, <laughs> they do that anymore, or, or however we're going to vote, to vote for the individual 
who will be most in line with God's will. I mean, look at the party platforms, look at the individual, whatever, the, whether it's national, local, municipal, we do the right thing. And in other areas of life, not just political, having that well-formed Catholic conscience helps us to make decisions in all areas of life, not just political. So this can become a better place, a better world, a better place to live. And, you know, I'm hoping and praying that what we do here at Domestic Church Media, through all of our broadcasts, that it helps you in that area. It helps to form your conscience. It helps to fortify your beliefs, to, to reinforce what you know to be true and good, that, yes, this is the right thing. This is the right way to go. That's why we're here. Not perfect, you know, we're not perfect, and, and we do the best we can. And I thank God every day when I walk into this building that we have that opportunity. I think back way, way back to the early, early, early days when I was just starting out and, and walking into a little studio in Camden, New Jersey, doing a, an hour-long program. And here we are, 25 years later, running four stations and, and going on all media formats and platforms and reaching millions of people every day. I'm very humbled by that, but I understand the responsibility behind that, that there will be an accountability on my part that I have to give for what we did here or didn't do. And I always say, you know, if, if, we, if we, don't, we don't get the necessary funding uh, and I go to God, I say, well, I had to turn the stations off, Lord, because, you know, we didn't have any money. He'd say, well, did you ask for it? <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Uh, I got to go. Time is up, uh, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow, God willing. It is Thursday. It is Catechism Day. And uh, we'll talk more about that faithful citizenship as well. So enjoy the rest of your day. Pray the rosary today. If you haven't, 930 tonight, we'll have uh, our rosary on the air. But you can pray at any time, anywhere, on your own, too. Uh, pray for me, and I'll pray for you. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you. Trust in me.